Today's episode's all about signature stories. And before you run off, because you're like, this does not apply to me. Hold tight, y'all. I have one of my favorite Aussies coming on here, Colin Boyd. And we are going to show you how to up-level talking on stage about your story and more. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hey, 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 Surf Scale Soar family. Oh my goodness. I am so excited today because I have a good friend, Colin Boyd, on here. And Colin, you are only the second male that we've ever interviewed. The first one was Mel. So now we have you. And I'm excited to have this conversation because you are a master at selling on the virtual and live stage. And you have such an amazing way, an authentic way of doing that. So we're going to dive into that. But before we do, I'd love to hear who you are as a person and then about your business. Mm. So, uh, hey, it's great to be here and to be with you. So you can probably hear my accent. I'm Australian. We live in Newport Beach in California. We moved here about four years ago. Got two little kids, a six and an eight-year-old, and my amazing wife, Sarah. And so we've been married for 15 years. And uh, yeah, that's who I am as a, as a person. Some of my obsessions are surfing and rollerblading. So <laughs> my wife doesn't like the second one. That's so funny. So a fun fact that I don't think like anyone knows is that in high school, I used to work for Sonic. I don't even know if you know what Sonic, you know what Sonic is or no. The rollerblades? No, like what? so Sonic's this fast food restaurant. Like, Oh, yes, fast- I know Sonic. Okay, yes, so food, I didn't yes. know if y'all have that out west. Right. So Sonic and they have skaters that bring out your food. And so I could never skate, but I did it on rollerblades. And I made so many tips because I could <laughs> rollerblade and bring out the food. I'm telling you, it's the key to breakthrough in most people's lives. <laughs> Love it. And we do it a lot here in Florida. That's it. That's it. So that's that's who I am as a person. Professionally, essentially, I I help coaches and speakers to become effective at communicating the message from a virtual or a live stage and converting them into customers without coming across pushy and salesy. I love that. And I know that my audience really, that's like their biggest fear when it comes to sales mm-hmm. is they never want to be like they're pushing people or making people feel gross about their offer. And so that's why I was so excited to have you on here. And I think first let's dive in because I think there's a misconception about this. What is selling from a virtual stage? And I know most of my audience isn't selling from a live stage. So tell us what is a virtual stage? Well, for me, you know, the, what we're going to talk about today, for me, the context is always on a stage. And some, some people say, oh, life's a stage. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, it is, but that's not what I help people with. So specifically, a virtual stage for me is any sort of visual and auditory experience that you have with a one-to-many. So in other words, you could say a podcast is a stage, but for me, it doesn't have a visual element. So it's not the area that I have expertise in. And so for me, it has to have a visual experience and a verbal. So it could be a webinar, it could be a, you know, a Zoom meeting, it could be a workshop, a virtual workshop you run, it could be streaming from Facebook, like through StreamYard or something like that. 
So basically anything where people can visually see you and hear you auditory and then you can interact with them. Okay. And then the second pushback that I think some of my audience will have right now is, well, a stage implies like a lot of people and I have a small audience. So does this even apply to me? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I think that I don't know for me, there's been so many experiences where Sometimes I had a, I was running a small webinar. Maybe there was ten people on there. In fact, I just recently one of our clients, she ran her first webinar, and she had I think she had twenty six people on there, and she did fifty thousand dollars with twenty six people on there. That was her first one. She was selling one on one coaching, right? That was like their offer on the back end. And so I think a lot of the time, sometimes when you start with a smaller audience, you actually end up with a lot higher conversion rates because there's greater intimacy. They're usually like a warmer audience to you because you're probably not, you know, going out to the masses yet. You can get great feedback from them. You can make it more interactive. So for me, like that's where it starts. My first workshop that I ever held, and this was a live workshop, but it had seven people, right? Seven people for a whole day. And I was stoked where, you know, now, you know, to run a seven person workshop, I'll have to probably work out the logistics of whether it's worthwhile. But for me, like like when I first started, that was amazing because it helped me to get my confidence. It helped me to understand how the audience was responding to me. And even even in a like a Zoom meeting, you run in a Zoom meeting, you have seven people on there, you can get an amazing conversion rate, great experience, people feel looked after, and then you build from there. I love that. And so what specifically we're going to be talking today is how to actually craft a signature story. Because one thing that so many people we see on webinars is you jump on and then you spend 20 minutes hearing about their story. And I always say like, oh my gosh, only your mother cares about you this much. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's get to the good stuff. But you yeah. do it in a way that just makes it flow and actually creates people wanting to work with you. So tell us what is a signature story and what are some elements we can talk about with this? Yeah. So a signature story for me is sits in the context of what I call infusion selling. So, and we'll get to signature story in one second, but just so people understand how to speak in a way that resonates with your audience and moves them towards your program without them feeling like they're being sold to is because you're using methods that are involved in infusion selling. So, infusion selling are basically strategies that you teach or you speak and you sell at the same time. So what most people do is they will speak or they'll share a whole lot of content and then they do this really awkward, weird transition at the end and then they start selling and the whole audience goes really quiet. They feel really awkward. They feel uncomfortable because they've now, they've now they've gone from giving mode to taking mode. Well, that's what they're telling themselves in their mind. And then everyone leaves feeling really uncomfortable and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I should do that again. So that is like the wrong way to do it. That's because, and what happens is that's because you didn't view the whole presentation the correct way. Now, when I say the correct way is realizing that when you sell, whether it's through a signature story or or through your offer or through some of the other tools, when you sell, all you're doing, if you do this with integrity in the right way, all you're doing is essentially communicating an idea to your audience showing them that you understand them and that you can help them go to the next level. And there's something beautiful about that. There's something actually very integrate about that. And I think it's the, if you don't get comfortable selling, 
you'll actually never truly serve. You'll never be in service of your audience. Because if you think about it for any person's audience, the people where they get the most results are from clients. They're not from the people who like their Instagram reels. They're from people who've paid them money. And so the, the greatest level of service you can have in your business is, is once you learn how to sell properly. So let's come back to Signature Story. And so when we talk about Signature Story, most people make the mistake of thinking, and you brought it up really well, Brandy, was most people make the mistake of thinking that their story, their signature story is about them, where their signature story isn't about them. Their signature story should be about the customer's journey of becoming a version of of who you are as a person, as the speaker. And so, in other words, when you share your story the right way, and we call it the conversion story method, and the conversion story method, and we'll talk about what's involved with that, the conversion story method is taking a signature story and turning it into a conversion story. And a conversion story is, is essentially going, what's the journey that the customer is going on? And then how do we overlay my story so that when you share it, the customer or the, the audience is not going, oh, it's nice to learn a little bit about Brandy. They're actually going, Brandy is me. And I could share it. Now, I mainly have a female audience, by the way. So I'm probably 80% of my, my clients are, are females. I actually saying to my wife the other day, I'm going to rename my program to the sisterhood because it's basically just a women's conference. Um <laughs> Well, you're in good hands because my audience is like 99.9% women. Oh, there you go. There you go. I've got got a few guys, but it's mainly women. But I think the reason why they like it is because they obviously want to sell. They want to sell their programs. They want to serve people, but they want to do it in a way that's not pushy. And so a conversion story method, for me, it comes down to one big idea, which is what is the one belief that the audience has to believe in order to be committed to the next level of what you can help them with. In other words, your program. And so what's that one core belief? I, we call it a core premise. That's kind of like the, the classic name for it. What's the core premise or the big domino belief or the epiphany that the audience has to have to say yes to your program? And then you actually build your signature story around that. Okay. So I love so much of this and I want to unpack some of it. So I know some of my audience right now, one, I love how you said you have to get comfortable selling or you can never serve. And we talk about the transformation happens with the transaction where we all have these podcasts, people listen to it for years and years and they never like move forward in the business. But then as soon as they join our program, they have skin in the game, they're off to the races. Correct. And so the same thing, like that's part of selling is serving your audience because that's when they can have the transformation. So I love that you brought that up. But I know that some of my audience is probably sitting here right now and they're like, but my program has nothing to do with my journey. This isn't the journey I went on. I helped clients and now I'm teaching a DIY program on the one-on-one services that I offer. And so for those people who are like, this hasn't been my story, how do I incorporate this? What are some of your thoughts about that? So I get that question a lot from a lot of my students. So one question is, there's multiple layers to seeing this. The best signature story that converts, the conversion story, is when you have gone through the same transformation as your audience, right? You are the 2.0 version of who they want to be. Like that is the classic 
signature story that works really well. The second level to that is where you still understand what the main belief that the audience has to have in order to say yes to your program. And then you find like how that could apply in a different context. A lot of the time it comes down to when was a moment in your life where you had to make a big commitment, a big decision, where you had to overcome fear. And despite the fear, you chose courage anyway, and you saw that transformation in your life. Because when it comes down to it, the most important thing about any presentation that converts is that it's built around the audience improving their level of commitment and their decision-making muscle. And so, in other words, rather than making your presentation about providing content, it has to be about content that helps the audience to make a decision. And so, if you can have a signature story where you talk about where you're in a difficult situation, you had a desire to make a change, you felt the resistance, you made the decision anyway, you pushed through that, you came out the other side, and then you had this revelation and insight, and it was built around the idea of like really going past your comfort zone. That's a nice kind of signature story. But what the mistake that people mostly make is they think their signature story is just their origin story or their like bio, like the journey of their bio. That's the story that you mentioned at the start where they're like, only your mom cares about that. Right. So tell us the difference between how we can get away from our origin story and towards this conversion signature story. Yeah. So the the classic origin story is the tell me the journey you've been on to get to where you are. Now, that could be a conversion story, but that would only happen by, you know, luck. So what what makes a conversion story is when first of all you think about the idea of this is about moments in my life where I made big decisions. Because you want to get your audience into a place when they're listening, of where they find the courage and they can have it through hearing your story, but your story shows the courage that it takes to see a change in, in, in their life. And so, you know, for them to join your program takes some courage to put down a couple of thousand dollars or whatever your program is. It takes some courage. It takes courage of believing in themselves. It takes courage to, you know, put down the money. It's like the risk of it, all that sort of stuff. So they, your story, will become more a conversion story when you build it around courageous decisions, moments of breakthrough, as opposed to just your bio. Now, like I said, the best conversion signature stories are the ones that are built around the core premise, which is that one belief that your audience has to believe in order to say yes to your program. So for me, I help people to communicate effectively from a stage to get clients on virtual live stages. And my story is I was literally sitting at my desk. It was 13 years ago. I had this old wooden desk and phone books holding it up because I'd got it from the local uh, $2 store. And I'm sitting there with my landline and my, my laptop computer in front of me. And I had like no clients. I think I had one client actually, and he was paying me every other month. And I was thinking, my gosh, this is not going to work. And I was really, really wanting to make a difference. Like I knew that I had these skills. I was a life coach at the time. I knew I had these skills that could help people, but I didn't know how to help people or how to get people into the program to help people. I was like a hospital in the desert, you could say. 
And so I'm sitting there and I get a phone call on my landline from a, a buddy of mine. He was a friend. And he said, Colin, I've got a free presentation coming up. Could you speak at it? Because I can't make it and they need a speaker. And I'd never done a presentation before in my life for as a coach, right? A professional one. And so I said, cool, I'll take it on. And I was so nervous coming into it, uh, like literally walking the streets, you know, every day, <laughs> talking myself through it and talking myself in and out of it. That night, it was literally a dark and stormy night. I'm walking up the stairs. The event organizer comes to me. He's like, Colin, you wouldn't believe it. This is like the biggest event we've ever had in our lifetime. We've got 137 people here. And for me, this is like bad news because I just, I'm thinking I'm going to look like an idiot in front of like their biggest audience, right? So I get up, I speak. And I make an offer, and I didn't realize this, but it was an irresistible offer at the time. And so from the 137 people, 125 of them gave me their details. I followed up, did some, did some discovery sessions, like some coaching sessions, signed 12 clients on the back end of that. And then HP, a director from HP called me four days later and asked me to speak at their next global conference, which ended up having 5,500 people. But that's a whole nother story. But what was crazy was how quickly my business turned around. Like that literally in one presentation, my breakthrough occurred. And that was where I had the revelation of going, wow, if I can learn how to speak effectively from a stage, then I can have the breakthroughs I want in my business faster than I ever desired. So I love this. And everyone can now go back and rewind and listen to it 10 times because there was some very intentional things that you did during this story. And it didn't feel like, here's my like timeline, watch me move along this timeline. It was very intentional. So can you tell us some of those intentional elements that you incorporated into your story? Yeah. Well, first of all, it wasn't a bio, right? It wasn't like a, hey, you know, I was really interested in coaching and I was working in a corporate job and then I started life coaching and they, I learned how to ask questions. And then I got my certification and like, how boring is that? Right. Like no one wants that. For me, it's first of all, it starts in a moment. Like it starts in a really specific moment where there was desire to make a change, but resistance to do that. So there's like tension. There's, there's this desire. You want to make a difference. You want to change the world, serve people, but you don't know how to do it. And then for me, like there was a, a lot of resistance on that journey towards that, like fear, anxiety. And now this is the thing is like someone might be listening to that and thinking, I don't want to be a professional speaker or I don't want to speak on a live stage. But if you think back as a listener, when I was telling my story, I wonder if you started thinking about yourself when I was talking about struggling to get clients, struggling to fill my my coaching, you know, sessions, the anxiety of of thinking about speaking. Like I wonder if you started to think about yourself because for me, once again, that story is my story, but I want to tell it in a way where it's not my story. It's like it's a part of your story. And so intentionally I'm thinking about how do I how do I share language and ideas that even though they're built around a specific situation, they're general enough for everyone to resonate with, which is how I felt, what I was telling myself, what I was going through. And so people put themselves in the story because they resonate with the feelings, the difficulties, the mental game that's going on, not necessarily just the physical, the specific thing of what was happening. Yeah. And I loved all the details because it wraps you into the story. You're no longer thinking like, 
uh, I'm just on this webinar watching these slides go by. It's like you dropped us into the story. You use like the stormy nights, things like that to like really draw us into almost as if we were watching a movie or listening to a really amazing podcast, like a crime series or something like that, that people can really put themselves into like you were talking mm-hmm. about. And I don't think you can do that without the details. Yes. So that's referred to as like visual auditory kinesthetic language. So the senses. Um, so one of the principles when I teach storytelling on a deep level is, is immersing the audience. And so you have to immerse the audience in the senses, in the sensory experience. And so the mistake that people make is they go, 10 years ago, I did this, 15 years or you know, seven years ago, I did that. And it's like, it doesn't immerse the audience because remember, your story is not about you. It's about the audience. And so if you don't go into the sensory experience of what you saw, what you told yourself, what you felt, the audience stays detached from your story. And when you go into the immersive experience, it's like you literally, you got a ball and you drop it into a bucket of water and it just, it's like completely immerses it. it the audience's unconscious mind actually allows itself to go into your story. I love this. So if someone were to want to start incorporating this into their already existing webinar, can this go like right where they have all their like forever story and just slotted in there? Or is this something that needs to be totally reworked with their webinar? Usually you're doing it in the introduction. So for me, there's like, there's four parts of, of a presentation virtually or, or, you know, live it's the first part is you have to touch people's hearts and the touching the hearts is, is really creating motivation for why this is an important presentation for them and why you resonate with them and why you can show them the way, right? And so for me, the signature story is going to sit in there. And so you go from touching their hearts to shifting their minds, which is about really working on the key ideas that you need to shift in their thinking in order to get them ready for the offer. But it's still valuable. It's got to be valuable. It can't just be like, it's not sales language. It's addressing key ideas that they have to believe in order to see progress in their life. And then you equip their hands. You do a little bit of equipping hands, not too much because you don't want to overwhelm people. And then you move their feet, which is the offer itself. I love this. And so it's so funny. You Aussies love the hand, the heart, the feet. Oh, really? Yes. I I hear this from so many Australians and I just don't hear it in the US. Like I don't hear coaches in the US talking about like the hand, the heart the feet, like those elements, but every Australian I've ever met, y'all are like all over that. (laughs) I love it. The body metaphor. (laughs) Yes. I love it. So if someone, as we're wrapping this up, if someone's like, I want to start incorporating this, what are some quick actions that they can take right now to get this going? Yeah. First of all, I I think I mentioned before, I've got a, a really helpful guide. It's free where people can like discover those moments that can form their signature story. So if they want to if they want to download the guide, like that's really simple, really because it goes into detail. That's sell sellwithstoryguide.com is the guide. But I think specifically what's in that guide is looking at the moments where you got to find some moments that were really difficult. So sitting down and going, what are the moments that were difficult, challenging maybe traumatic or maybe adventurous because any great story is not built on 
just victory. It has to have the drama in it. And so you have to find a moment in time where there was difficulty, challenge, drama. Like if you won the lotto, Powerball, and you just bought a scratchy and you won it and then you had like now millions of dollars, like that's the crappiest story ever. Like no one cares. But you have to talk about what was that because it's it's the story arc. And so, but it always starts in the drama, in the difficulty. So I think practically people should like look at their story and go, is there enough like difficulty in that? And it's not my bio. Remember, it's not a bio. It's going, is there enough difficulty? And is this built around a courageous decision that I made or built around the core premise that the audience has to believe in order to say yes to their program? I would start there because that's the core elements of, of building the, the conversion story. I love that. And we'll make sure to link that up in the show notes so everyone can go grab the guide and get started with this. And so... I've loved this conversation so much. I think there's so much tactical, but things that you're not recreating your whole webinar. It can go right into the beginning and then more people than just your mother will care about your story and it'll convert more people and connect most importantly with more people and help them be able to see what's possible for them. And so before we wrap this up, I do want to jump into some rapid fire just so my audience can get to know you better. And so are you ready for this, Colin? No. Okay. Because we didn't send you any questions over like we usually do. So you <laughs> didn't even my... know this was coming. So it's not the first thing that comes so off. So that's the a top no, your... yes. <laughs> Perfect. It's not the first word, but it like first phrase, first thing that mm. comes to the top of your head. Okay. So what does success mean to you? Mm, it is going after my potential despite fear. Oh, that's a good one. What's your favorite business book? <sighs> Business book. Ooh. I mean, I really like, it's not businessy, but Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Joe Dispenza is probably my my favorite book. I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the thing that started everything for me with uh, Robert Kiyosaki. I love that. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in college and did not appreciate it until after yes. college. <laughs> so, and then what choices has your business given you? Oh. Complete freedom. I mean, when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter how much money you make, there is nothing more valuable than being able to just go, I want to work here today. I want to do this. I want to change this with my business and not to feel like there's someone telling you what to do. That is way more valuable. It doesn't matter how much money you make. That's the most valuable thing. I love it. And last one, I've never asked this, but for some reason, I want to know yours. Do you, have you taken any personality tests? What's your favorite personality test? Yes. So I so with DISC. Okay, uh, this is what I want to know, DISC. Yeah, so DISC, I'm a high I, medium. Now, I used to be a high I, S, and I've taken it the last couple of years, and I'm a high I, a maximum I, right? So like outgoing, et cetera, people person, and then that I'm a medium D. And then now a medium to low S, but my D was a lot lower. And I think through moving countries, growing a successful business, like it's required me to bring more of my D. Uh, and then uh, Myers Briggs, I'm an ENFP. So yeah, introverted, uh, sorry, um, intuitive, extroverted, feelings based, and perceiving. So I've had to learn to be on time. Okay. So I am discertified because when I was in direct sales, but you- Same as me. We should hang out more. 
I know. <laughs> I'm <right>? just satisfied <laughs> as well. <laughs> so the crazy thing is I've never been able to figure yours out. I can do everyone else in our peer mastermind, but yeah. you. And what so did you I'm, think I was? I'm so I curious. had no idea. Like I was like, maybe a DC. Like I was thinking there's some analytical and I was just like, what is Colin? So this is so funny. So what do you think I am? Oh, I think you are a D. Yes. And oh, maybe like I'm, I have a D definitely. I think is D your strongest. It's like off the charts. It's like, yeah, one. (laughs) Then I have some C in there. Yes, that was my yeah. other thing. I was going to say C. Yeah, my C is like at the bottom of the floor. My C. So basically, I just hire C's in my business. Me too. <laughs> I hire because the thing is, my C is just because my D is so high, and I like things to be efficient. Yeah. So I just have to have enough C in me so things run efficiently. Yes. Yes. No, you're like a gung ho implementer. <laughs> I love this. This was so fun. Okay. Well, Colin, I know my audience is going to want to connect with you and I appreciate your time, but where can they learn more about what you do, what you have going on and just where to connect with you? Yeah. So uh, I'm quite active on Instagram. So at Colin Boyd with one L C O L I N B O Y D. Obviously download the guide. If you're interested in discovering Maury's signature story, that'll take you through more step-by-step That's sellwithstoryguide.com. And I've got a podcast as well, where I interview market leaders in the expert industry and share my principles and ideas. And it's called the expert edge. And so if you just search the expert edge on iTunes, I'll come up. Perfect. We'll link up all this in the show notes. Thanks so much for your time today, Colin. Thanks, Brandy. Y'all, how amazing was Colin? We talked about infusion selling, how you cannot serve your audience until you are comfortable selling to them. That was so powerful and how to avoid the awkward selling pivot by infusion selling. And not only that, but how to take your origin story and turn it into a conversion story. So much amazingness. And Colin has provided you an excellent resource. So I highly encourage you head to the show notes, download that resource, and then reach out to Colin and tell him how this episode impacted you and how you're going to add this to your webinar or your next live, or your next Zoom event. And until next week, y'all, go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into the successful year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.